0: Sign up at swanprivate.com today. Mention Breed Love to your advisor and get $100 in free Bitcoin when you make your first buy. Maria Karina Machado, welcome to the What Is Money Show. Thank you, Robert.
1: I'm really delighted and grateful.
0: I am delighted to have you here as well. Uh, we have our mutual friend Oswaldo to thanks to thank for connecting us, um, and it's been just a delight to get to know you and your career a little bit, and to see uh, an authentic freedom fighter in the world. So uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. And just by way of quick introduction, I think you are one of the only, I mean, you are the only political leader in Venezuelan history to propose a non socialist governance model premised on free markets. Um, And, you know, through that lens, I guess you could say you're one of the few political leaders in the world who shares values that are very common amongst Bitcoiners and other free market proponents. Um, and I think that positioning is increasingly important in a world where government overreach is getting worse and worse, and it feels like the world is sliding in the other direction. So, all that said, I would love, as I understand it, you're born and raised in Venezuela. I'd like to hear a little bit about that, and I'd like to hear what took you, what led you down the path to a political career in Venezuela.
1: Mm. You know, that's not an easy answer because if, 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 if when I look back, uh, I think the last thing I wanted to be in my life was a politician. I, I, my generation grew with deep uh, distrust towards politics and politicians. And to some extent, I thought that it meant, you know, compromising your values, getting involved in politics. And um, since I, you know, my family is a family of businessmen and, and, and writers, and, and my dad has o- always, uh, taught us to 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 have a deep responsibility towards our our country. But the way we could serve was you know creating wealth, employment, and 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 being you know honest, responsible citizens, but never get involved into politics. So 24 years ago, life of Venezuelans shipped turned ups, upside down because um, Chavez came to power, and we realized that all the bad practices that for decades we had seen in Venezuela of socialism, uh, militarism, uh, centralism were going to be exacerbated by an individual that clearly was linked with communist forces and criminal forces around the world. So at the end, I, I realized that you cannot live in capsules. And seeing your country simply fell apart, uh, so I made a, a tough decision—one my my family didn't like, and at the beginning didn't support me. And I said, I cannot keep on complaining. I have to 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 do something about it. And if I want things to be different, um, I need to to give it a, tr- a try. So it it was, you know, those moments in your lives that perhaps you don't realize that it will make a difference forever. And even though, Robert, that it has had a, a very high cost for my family because we are facing a criminal totalitarian regime, which has devastated Venezuela and it's a transnational project supported by international cartels and and, and all sorts of, 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 you know, different criminal forces, I I would have done it all over again because at the end, what we're doing is, you know, giving a lot of sense to your life. What can be more transcendental than than fighting for freedom and being able to touch and change the lives of millions of Venezuelans that are not even born yet.
0: Beautiful and and amen to that. Um, It's definitely a meaningful pursuit although I know it has not been an easy road. Um, I, what I'd like to do here is just list a few of the things about your life <laughs> so people can get a better idea of, of you know, who you are and what you've been through. So the BBC listed you among the world's 100 most influential and inspiring women, women leaders, rather, in 2018. Uh, You are the most voted member of Congress in Venezuelan history. You are the only Venezuelan politician who ever confronted Hugo Chavez in Congress and denounced him in front of the nation for stealing private property and the savings of Venezuelan citizens. You're also a Congress member who has served the least number of days as an MP. Shortly after the Chavez confrontation, you were stripped of your post uh, even savagely attacked by another MP during a parliamentary session, and that resulted in multiple facial bone fractures. Um, you've also denounced Venezuela's socialist regime as a failed and criminal state. You're the first Venezuelan ever to speak at any international forum, which was the Organization of American States General Counsel, which exposed Chavez and Maduro's human rights violations. And You've also, just in terms of, you know, at least part of the hard road you've been down, you were illegally banned from leaving the country as of 2014 or traveling by air, domestically or internationally, in the wake of your stand against Chavez and Maduro. So, and I'm sure there's a million other things I could mention there, but those are just a few. You've clearly devoted your life to freedom. Um May I just ask you, Maria, what does freedom mean to you?
1: Well, at the end, is like oxygen. You cannot imagine living without it. And uh, you know what? Once you taste it, you will never forget it. And, that, and that's a huge force that moves my country. I mean, I believe human dignity is sacred. And, and, and you can only live with dignity if you're free. And uh, and, I, and at the end, uh, when people ask me why I'm still here and, and talk about sacrifices, I say, no, no, these are not sacrifices. I'm making conscious decisions, uh, which I'm aware of the the consequences they will have. But I cannot imagine my life without freedom or any other place that's not Venezuela. So I have no other option. That to do what I'm doing, and uh, I have, I have the confidence, uh, Robert, that we will be able to transform this country, and 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 give our future generations a nation that 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 gives them opportunities to live their life with freedom and dignity.
0: Yeah, beautifully said. Um, I'm reminded, I once read about the paradox of freedom that. Once you establish a wide range of options for yourself, um, if you're so fortunate to discover the one thing that you can't not do, uh, you end up very devoted to a singular path. And it sounds like perhaps you've been down that path where you you had a lot of decisions to make and you chose freedom. So, uh, And to that end, <laughs> you've got a lot of accomplishments here. I'll just name a couple of more You're also one of the few Latin Americans ever to be rewarded the Cadiz Freedom Award, the Charles T. Manat Award, and the IFES's Liberal International Prize for Freedom Award. So um, your work has certainly been widely recognized. And you also founded Vente, which is Venezuela's first pro-free markets political organization can you tell us a bit about Vente's operations and its mission?
1: Sure. Actually, we just uh, had our 10th anniversary uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, 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 and when I look back, I remember people, a lot of people telling me, you know, well-intentional, that, that I was simply crazy, that there was no way uh, a free market um, troll Private property, pro limited state um, party could have, you know, actually massive support in our country. They used to say that, that will no, that would, that ideas will never go up the hills. Which it's because the slums, the very poor um, uh, neighborhoods in, in Venezuelan cities, are up the hills. And 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 I I remember I used to think they they don't understand a bit what truly Venezuelan people are thinking. I mean, Venezuelan people are good-hearted, hardworking individuals that pressure the, what they get, what they own. And we value family, our family and our values. And and, uh, we are, you know, people generous and, 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 and with a lot of solidarity. And I think open markets are, by you know the system by excellence that works on cooperation so i i i was convinced that after decades and decades of socialism and and leaving the kind of poverty and violence and, and darkness that these systems bring our country was absolutely ready and eager to hear something different and and you know something Robert Chavez he used to say when he traveled around the country and he was promoting, you know, conf- confrontation, division in society, and talking, uh, you know, terribly about uh, businessmen and, and, and entrepreneurs and, and farmers and so on, and and he used to say being rich is bad. It's bad to be rich. Ser rico es malo. He was like that. Was like his favorite slogan, and. I realized that when I started talking to people, the same people that used to applaud Chavez some years before, I stand in front of them and say, no, 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 being rich is good if you understand that it comes from your work. And I'm not talking about exclusively about material wealth, which of course is good and it's needed, but also cultural wealth, as we call it, riqueza intellectual, intellectual wealth, spiritual cultural, and and uh, people cry, actually cry, their faces, you know, lighten when I tell them that in, in, in the society we're going to build together, they're never again will have to lower their head or, or, or silence their feelings to get uh, a bag or a box of food, which is you know, the kind of social program that this, this socialist system put in place in order to have people absolutely, you know, dominated and controlled. And, and then you end up giving your own dignity. So in order that your your children can have some food. So when I started saying these things, believe me, Robert, it was can I you know, very unexpected. <laughs> Nobody, you know, there to, to, to speak out and say, I do believe in capitalism. I want a society of, of people that are you know, owners not only of their you know assets, but of, of their destiny. And it, and it's and it's really important to 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 hear insist that it's not only a matter of, of having the right for private property, but really building up, designing a society in which the, those that are in, in the political uh, or in government posts do not have the, the regulatory power to control all, all sectors uh, of society. Because at the end you might have assets or you think you have assets, you think you have property, but the government has the power to take them away through different vias, no different uh, mechanisms. Some of them is, you know, roughly simply grabbing them and expropriating your, 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 your companies or assets, but it's through inflationary confiscation of, of the city's citizens. It's by taking away even your savings, uh, your pensions, uh, which is something, unfortunately, that's not only taking place in Venezuela, which is obviously accepted as a socialist and criminal regime. This is happening even in G7 countries in which workers do not have access to their own pensions to, that are theirs and that they work or their life for. So, I mean, this is a moment in, in, in which I need, we, I think we need to, to, to have a huge educational um, movement and effort to have people understand what's truly going on in Venezuela and elsewhere
0: yeah so true i mean the 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 fact that government bureaucrats have demonized wealth while at the same time you know bending the rules to accumulate as much wealth for themselves as possible uh, has been a real problem and it's i mean to your point wealth is what solves problems right when we create more stuff we we increase our standard of living this is how we become civilized over time and to that end, freedom is what generates the most wealth. That's what a free market is. This is not only logically true, but it's what we observe across history as well. And as long as private property is strong, then you want as many rich people as possible. That means people have gone into the world and created value for others and become rich through their work. It's only when that property, as you said, the state can just violate property. That's the problem, right? You don't want you don't want to break that the integrity of the relationship between people and the fruits of their labor. Um, And so clearly Venezuela has been the victim of just socialist devastation, right? That seems to be what's happened over the last, I don't know, 50 some odd years. How did this happen? How, how does, because Venezuela, I know, I I guess 25 years ago or so was a shining, what, the, the GDP per capita was roughly one half of the U- U.S. You know, it was one of the the most burgeoning economies in the world, has abundant natural resources, which we can talk about later. But how did we slide from this, uh, you know, Venezuela is one of the better countries in the world, one of the richer countries in the world to where it is today?
1: Well, that's a, that's a question that hurts badly because... In effect, when you think that Venezuela is a country that has uh, the biggest oil resources in the world, and uh, today we have over ninety five percent of our population living in poverty. And you know, three out of ten uh, children under five years old have malnutrition, imagine you know. It's it's unbelievable. You you cannot explain this. As as you were saying, in the in the 50s, Venezuela's GDP per capita was 50% of the US. And today Venezuela's GDP per capita is lower than IT. So, I mean, there's only one explanation, and that is you know, socialism and cartels taking the wealth, taking the the resources. From the people, from the country, and as you were saying, they concentrated in very few. And and you know what's what's horrifying is that the 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 the, the other side of of the coin of, of what you were saying before, in terms that you know, as long as people are educated and can be productive, and 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 can have you know their own. Uh, uh, assets and properties, and then get produce, then a society evolves uh, that the other side, and, and that gives them you know, freedom and autonomy because that's critical that when you have a rich society and you have a big individual, then you have a small state. But, but that's the opposite is what these regimes and these models have understand. I mean, as poor as you can get a society, as powerful those who are in government get. And Venezuela, of, of course, is, is you no know, is, is the is a tragic case study uh, for everything you've said before, because we were, you know, with all the resources we have, you know, a vibrant middle class, we have a long history of private sectors and so on. And suddenly, you know, we started falling in the 50s before Chavez arrived because the socialist ideas came to power. And even though we grew we, in other areas of political rights, never again Venezuela was, you know, strong and prosperous as, a, as an, an, from an economical perspective. Once Chavez arrived, he understood that you needed to have a society absolutely dependent, in misery. So this tragedy that's happened here and Robert and I and and I know this sounds hard to swallow it wasn't only because of bad ideologies and ideas and corruption and, and this guy absolutely incompetent not 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 only because of that I mean this was premeditated and systematic and 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 the way you've been these monopolies being put in place public and private is a way that you take away totally the possibility of a society to compete, to excel, and and, and to have a a better quality of life. So I have to say something, and this, you know, you being a US citizen might find, you know, hard to to believe, but, you know, 24 years ago, we, we, we used to see what was going on in Cuba and we said, oh, oh, come on, Venezuela is not Cuba. We're not an island. We're we are, um, a society with a long proven democratic you know, system that has even helped and, and get other nations in, in our hemisphere, strengthen their institutional um, democratic institutions. That's not going to happen to us. And look where we are right now. I mean, Venezuela is even in worse, the people in Venezuela have been in worse conditions than many people in Cuba. And what we're seeing in the rest of the region around us, all Latin America, is people living in denial and saying this will never happen to us. The Chileans, the Chileans, in, in Chile, in which they were like the, the model of an open and private market and, and doing, you know, with the best uh, indicators in terms of GDP and, and so on. So, Never thought that this could happen to them, and now they are going down. Also, the the way of these um, uh, socialist um, models that you know arrive, talking about you know how they are, will have social justice and they will take away things from the rich and so on. At the end, they take away from everyone just for them. As you say, this is obscene, obscene wealth, and that, uh, that of course is not invested in the benefit the share of in benefit of, of our society and sorry but i want to say something I, what i'm saying is no country is immune to this kind of system and to this kind of ideas and 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 even the we can, the, the the country that for us uh, is is you know the leaders of the free market and the free world even in the in, in a country like the us Those risks
0: are clear and present. Clear and present, indeed. And I think people are feeling it more and more. You know, there's always been this American exceptionalism in our culture where we've always thought that it could never happen here. Um, But that's slipping. You know, it is slipping as, as government becomes, again, just engages in more and more overreach. And, you know, that the theft the violation of private property, which are basically the same thing. That's what corroded Venezuela over the past several years. Well, look what every country in the world is doing right now, right? It's rampant monetary inflation. That's all a violation of private property. This is, a, it's, it's funny to me that people don't understand that more. It's like printing money is stealing, that's all it is. So if you think that your country is not Venezuela it can't happen at home, I almost guarantee you, wherever you live, go look at what your central bank is doing right now. They're stealing from you by printing money. I virtually guarantee it. I don't think there's an exception to that claim. And you I,
1: know, I, I'll, give you, I'll uh, give you just one figure, uh-huh. Robert. Imagine in Venezuela what has happened to us in the last uh, nine years. Since, since Maduro came to power. Remember, Chavez died and Maduro took over. Since he, since he arrived in 2013, nowadays inflation in Venezuela has been 174 million. They have taken away from our currency 14 zeros, what they call reconversions. It's exactly what you're saying. I mean, they're stealing people's hardworking, honest people's money. And as you say, people don't realize that this is even worse than when they take away you know your 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 company's expropriation procedure i mean because it's 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 subtle but it hurts all society and it's done on purpose that's what we have to understand
0: yes and it is subtle but that that The fact that inflation is a less visible form of property violation exactly is what allows it to be perpetrated at such a large scale and so persistently. Even today, I mean, I talk to people on Wall Street, they don't understand that printing money is theft. Like it's a real we're we're almost like caught up in a lie as a species. We think we can print money to solve problems and it just it just doesn't work. And you know, to your point, to have that big individual in a small state, that's the path to prosperity. Right? You need big individual, meaning strong property rights, you know, respect for life and liberty. But that big individual dynamic, that implies a great deal of independence for the individual. And so it seems to me like that's why government tries to push it the other direction. They, they try to create individual dependence Absolutely. to prevent the cultivation of, of individual independence. And it is Absolutely. just such a... A self-defeating effort, ultimately, because, you're, you know, you're, you're cutting off the branch on which you rest, basically. If you're not giving power to the individual to create wealth, well, then there's no wealth to steal. And so this is the destructive cycle that, that governments get into. Now, I'd like to tell you about a great new Bitcoin show on the scene that you've got to check out. Brought to you by Swan Studios and Bitcoin Magazine, this show is Hard Money with Natalie Brunel. Natalie is an Emmy-nominated journalist bringing unparalleled experience to the Bitcoin media scene. And personally, Natalie is one of my favorite voices in the Bitcoin space. Each week on Hard Money, you'll get the top headlines of the week with analysis you won't find anywhere else, hard-hitting interviews with amazing guests like myself and other top minds in the Bitcoin space, and the show will take you directly into the lives being changed by Bitcoin all over the world. Check out hard money at swan.com backslash hard money. Today, I want to tell you about our sponsor CrowdHealth. So how does health insurance work? You send an egregious amount of money to an insurance company. They hold it in a pool of depreciating fiat currency. Then when you have a large health event, you have to pay them even more via your deductible, and then you hope they will cover your bill. And in fact, one in six bills are denied by healthcare.gov plans. It's time to take control of your own healthcare bills. I'd like to introduce you to CrowdHealth. It's a decentralization of healthcare, using Bitcoin as an alternative to health insurance. Instead of sending fiat currency to a big corporation, you send that money to an account controlled by you, a portion of which is converted into Bitcoin. Then if you have a big health event, you have a community of Bitcoiners that will use the money in their accounts to help you out. To get more details, go to joincrowdhealth.com backslash breedlove, where you can find the promo code for $99 a month for six months. When it comes to monopoly in particular, which is basically the opposite of a free market. A free market is open competition. Monopoly is closed off from competition. Venezuela is a bit of a tragic case study in the meaning of Monopoly. And I'll just cite a few stats here, but um, the Venezuelan state expropriated close to 5,500 companies over the last 20 years, of which less than 3,000 remain active today. Chavez expropriated more than 5 million productive uh, hectares of private farmland. Of that, only 3% received compensation and 90% are now totally unproductive. From 1999 to 2019, the National College of Journalists counted 600 closed media outlets. Um, there's been a dismantling of pension fund reserves. There's been a dismantling of purchasing power through debt and inflation, as we just described. And then there's also been a dismantling of the judicial system. And I mean, it's just so bad. Sorry, I'm a bit overwhelmed here. What, how, what can we learn from Venezuela's history in dealing with monopoly and mm. the corrosive effects it's had on society? What can other nation states or other governance models learn mm. from the lessons of Venezuelan history?
1: That's a really good question. I, I think look, there are many lessons that we're still Learning. I mean, this, because this is a process. As we speak, this is happening. You know, I'm, I'm here in Venezuela. I've been banned from leaving my country since 2014, and and and, and I'm here because I think this is where I'm more useful to our cause. And I because and because I trust our people. I, I really have confidence that we will overcome this, and Venezuela will be a model to be followed, no to be rejected or pitied at Like we are today, but the lessons are hard. And and we need to understand the causes so that this will never happen again. And, And addressing your point on monopolies, because then there are other lessons, but on this one, this is really important to understand how are the incentives working here? Because what we're seeing, and this happening again, is that you see some cartels or monopolies that have a lot of resources, that have privileges, they fund and support certain political parties and actors in order to get them to government, both the executive and, and parliament. And once they are there, they manage to control the regulators. So the ultimate, the, the most you know, sophisticated system those cartels desire to have is that, when, is that one in which they actually own the regulators through this kind of, of let's say payments. So once that that's in place, how can you cut the cycle? Because they, they pay each other. So that's why I mean what, what we represent right now, it's 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 a true enemy for for these guys because we represent the end of privileges and the end of impunity. Because you know, I don't owe any favor to anyone, but to our people, and that's and to the Venezuelan citizens and to our ideas. So, I think this this whole dynamic around you know monopolies cartels politicians and regulators is something societies have to understand and understand well when they make the, their choices in terms who they are going to put in the places to make the laws and to enforce the laws that's that's one thing another lesson that you know i i have to say it because i'm i'm i'm, I'm so proud of being venezuelan i'm so proud of of the testimonies our people have given in these twenty-four years. I mean, I sometimes I wonder if there would be another society that would have been given so much and uh, for such a long time. And 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 there are people. I mean, for the Venezuelan people, the 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 pride of owning your your land, your 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 business, no matter how small it is, because. You gain it. It's so important that people have, be even have been willing and actually have given their lives defending it. Uh, Franklin Brito is a is a, someone we will never forget. I mean, Chavez took their his uh, small land away from him. He took it away, and he started uh, uh, um, a hunger. Uh, how do you say, a strike without eating, you know, for, for several months.
0: Hunger strike, yeah.
1: And a hunger strike for several months, and he died. He, he, he didn't accept to go back into his position. I have a, a friend called Fernando Alonso in, 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 in Nara. Uh, he had turned, uh, uh, he, actually his grandfather, uh, on an area that, that had no, no water and no Precedent in agricultural uses, and they had put all kinds of technologies and turn it into the most productive uh, farm in the area. and And one day the regime came. His his wife was pregnant. Fernando's wife was pregnant, and the regime came and said, "You have twelve hours to leave. This is not yours, you know, anymore. So you just have to go." And 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 it meant such. A uh, uh, humiliation, a shock to them that actually he, he lost the baby. She lost the baby. She lost. He lost his hand, his land, and baby the same day. And you would think, okay, someone that goes through this ordeal simply would, you know, give up. And from then on, he has transformed into an activist of you know private property, private rights, and how to organize other farmers to defend their 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 property. So, I mean, there are so many as I say, testimonies of of what our society is willing to do and and how profound the lessons have have gone that, and I am very, I have, you know, not only optimistic, I have so much hope in what the kind of transformation we will manage to to put in place in our country in a short period of time. Once we get rid of the regime, of course.
0: Of course, of course, (laughs) yeah um yeah the painful story um I, i'm sure you know there's just millions millions and millions and millions of those stories out there in the history of of government overreach and property violation and you know just to echo one of the points you made there monopolies are bad in general but when you monopolize regulators right you actually monopolize the rule making apparatus That's about as bad as it gets. You know, if you if you have the power to make the rules, that's equivalent to having the power to win forever. So if a regime can get into that position and monopolize the rulemaking apparatus, I mean that's they're just going to victimize the civilization forever. So
1: and and the other the other and, mm -hmm. and the final and the final tool is a judiciary system which in Venezuela's case, Chavez managed to absolutely execrate every single judge that was not absolutely loyal to him. So in a matter of seven to eight years, 95% of all judges were not permanent. Uh, and that's totally a violation of, of the law. But that that it means that at any point, if one decision, it, the, the 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 president, whoever is in power, doesn't like, they can with a phone call just get rid of them. So imagine with that kind of autonomy, what law, what contract, what what right could anybody right. have?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's at that point, it's absolute power right? It's absolute power, which of course corrupts. Absolutely. So uh, you've got very deep roots in Venezuela. Clearly you're very close to its history. How do you plan to make sure citizens won't be exploited going forward? Because this is clearly, there's a lot of challenges here, right? You said people are largely ideological ideologically aligned with socialism, it sounds like in Venezuela, Um, but there's this long history of its abuse. So how, like what actions do you actually plan to take to make sure citizens can become the big individual and the small state? How can you actually bring that into uh, existence?
1: Well, I I realize that after, you know, everything we've talked so far, you may think, well, Venezuela is Condemned. I mean, what what are these guys going to do? And on the country, on the country, I believe that those societies, such as the ex-Soviet republics, that have experienced the devastating consequences of communism and socialism, create you know uh, some kind of of, of forces uh, to to identify. In the future, we're not to go. We're not to go. And I think that nowadays, for the first time, for the first time in Venezuelan history, a huge majority of our population rejects socialism or anything that looks similar to it. So I think we have a unique opportunity in our history to come up, to come up and talk with the truth. And say to the people, to every single citizen, you can be the owner of your own destiny. But we have to change this. We have to get rid of these cartels, this mafia, with their militias, and so. Is it is it going to be easy? No. We are facing perhaps the most dangerous, but at the same time fascinating time of our history, because I believe we do have the 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 conviction and 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 nowadays the knowledge of what we're facing. Look, um, there will be an electoral process in 2024 in Venezuela. It's what the constitution said. Um, of course, the regime has made pr- fraudulent processes for over 30 past elections. So this is not something that's going to be easy nor peaceful, it's gonna be tough, really tough. But we're willing to fight in any uh, dimension, in any front. And I believe that we are better prepared than ever to come with our proposals and our ideas. And uh, what do I believe on? And, and I, I believe in, in the individual rights. I believe that we have to totally change the relationship between. Uh, government and citizens, which has been one of submission and, 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 and and turn it around in order to do that. I believe in meritocratic governance for all public service actors. I believe in the liberalization of all the economy, removing uh, trade barriers and, 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 and any kind of barrier to commerce. I mean, we have to really open the market. We have to go through privatizations of all uh, public companies and enterprises and sectors, starting with energy, starting with energy, and that's something to talk about because Venezuela's potential is huge in that matter. We have to remove the the capacity of of the central bank uh, and and other to for, to money printing and 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 discretional authority, and and we have to to open our country and create opportunities for every single person that that has been forced to live. of Venezuelans have been forced to leave our country to come back with all their talent, experiences, ideas and resources to invest in which I think will be the the biggest uh, opportunity to create wealth in this hemisphere history if we do things right. So, you know, that's what we're talking about. We have to dismantle socialism. We need to promote capitalism we we need to, to root out corruption and, and 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 have a very total efficient and accountable government through digital transparency and and and, and believe me this you know you, you some people will say are you going to do the 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 whole transformation on on one on one big uh, let's say step or, or should we go gradually we don't have time We don't have time to gradually, you know, uh, dismantle cartels and monopolies. We have to go all the way, Robert. And um, I think that Venezuela could then be what we mentioned before, perhaps the biggest opportunity that tools that promote autonomy, independence, and, 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 individual sovereignty such as bitcoin can 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 develop and 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 boost
0: yeah beautifully said and yeah there's an old quote that gradualism in theory is perpetuity in practice so if you don't take a if you don't take a hard stand against these predatory models of governance i just don't think you can ever root them out
1: um, you know what? The, the corollary to that is people that talk about moderation and 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 they tell you you have to be you know equidistant. I don't know if that's a correct word to use it in English. In Spanish, yeah. we say equidistante, no? So you 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 cannot take a, a, a radical stand. So I ask, okay, between justice and corruption, you want to be in the middle, with that, right, with, right. within yeah. you know the 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 right and wrong. You know, you don't take sides. And 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 when we are in an existential fight such as the one we're giving in Venezuela right now, I mean you do have to take stand. And and, yes. and if you don't, if you don't uh, call things by their names and and turn to be part of the same system, then you are as responsible of uh, as the perpetrators of those kind of of, of Cruelties and crimes that are being made in my country against our population, our children.
0: Yes, uh, yeah. Well said. And um, what evil happens when good men stand by and do nothing? Right. You have to. You cannot take the middle of the road between justice and corruption. I love the way you said that. Um. Okay. How I just have to ask you about this because I know this has been a hard road for you. I know it's been challenging. I can't even imagine. W- you know, you've been in this for a long time, and I'm sure it's cost you in many ways. How has your family dealt with this? How has this impacted you personally, financially, professionally, whichever direction you want to go? Um, you know, your devotion to freedom clearly is strong and passionate. Uh, I just want to hear about what I know you didn't. I know you said you didn't like the term sacrifices, but what sacrifices you have made, I guess, in this fight for freedom.
1: Well, first of all, I have to think in my my family, especially my kids, you know, I while you we were talking, I was remembering one, one night, I was here in my house. I I am divorced, so I the the three kids were very small, were sleeping living with me. So one night it was I don't know I'm, three o'clock in the morning i wake up and i look my phone and i had this message saying do you know where your kids are right now so my i simply froze and i run to my kids rooms and and i open anna's room she was there i opened Enrique's room he was there and then i opened ricardo the middle, middle kid And he wasn't there. I remember he was in a party with his his friends. So I started calling him. He wouldn't answer. I called his father. I called his friends. I called, and he simply didn't answer. So I I remember sitting on the door, just like that frame, and this guy arrived home around 6 o'clock in the morning. So I told him, you know, honey, you're leaving So he said, mom, I promise I won't do it again. I said, no, 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 you're not leaving home. You're leaving your country. I mean, I cannot do this. I cannot keep doing this. And I'm I'm facing really cruel people, very obscure and big interests. And and in order to do this, you guys have to be safe. So I think that was the toughest decision I've ever made in my life. I I, I feel guilty. Many times, many times worked. My 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 children went and and graduated, really good students abroad, and um, I wasn't able to be with them. So thanks God you have you have you have this kind of tools right now. And I remember my 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 youngest son saying, "Mom, you are here. You are here with me." And he's you know he stood all the time in the photos with his mom's face there and, and I'm in the pictures, actually. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it makes me, all the time I come back and back again to my, one of my mentors, Carrera Dama, he's a really well-known historian and, 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 and he's been close to me and, and teaching me for many years. And, and he, he always told me that I have to prepare because when you assume these positions, the people you love most, those that are closest to you, are the ones that will suffer the most and and i say but but this that's you know absurd because I'm doing this for them <laughs> uh, and but at the end it that's that's what happens and my 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 father you know all businesses were taken away and expropriated and and my mom has had you know health problems because of my fault, so you know it's it's, it's tough, but, but I have to say, they have always supported me, always supported me. And, and always, in, you know, in the, the tough times when I fall, <laughs> they are, you know, telling me their mama, you have to keep going. And, uh, and actually, I, I hope that one day, you know, when they live here in a prosperous, safe, and free society, they, they, they will forgive me.
0: Wow. I'm a little bit teary-eyed after that one. Uh, thank you for sharing. I can't even imagine how hard that must have been for you. Um, how can we help you? <laughs> I mean, how, how can people that listen to the show, I think all share a common set of values that you share as well. What can we do to help you? How do we help advance this cause in Venezuela? And how do we bring attention to what's going on there and to the rest of the world?
1: Well, I have to say that we need you. I mean, we need to understand that it's not only a struggle for Venezuela, that has to do with the freedom of every single individual around the world. Um, and we cannot do this alone. I'm here because I believe, as I said before, that I need to be close with the people and we are organizing grassroots movements, and we will be facing in 30 months one of our toughest uh, challenges and perhaps one of our biggest opportunities. But as you say, I mean, it has been so long. Venezuela devastation has been so great that some people even get tired. I know it's horrible to say it and, and say, well, once again, the Venezuelan people. and. What I have to say is that whatever happens in Venezuela, in one direction or the other, will impact the whole hemisphere, will impact yeah. the US society. And uh, how can you help us? I mean, you, you have no idea what it means to me, the, the chance that you're giving me today to, to convey what we're doing, to make people understand you know, the strength of our, of our convictions, to get people you know, committed to our cause uh, to, to speak out, to have other people understand, you know, the, the huge potential Venezuela has, not only for, for Bitcoin, because this is something we didn't have the chance to speak today, probably not another opportunity, but we have, I mean, Venezuela could be the biggest energy hub of, mm-hmm. of, our, of the hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And, and, and imagine a country with this potential, what can could do in terms of uh, getting Bitcoin to be a trade and, 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 and reserve currency because of, of, of transactions with uh, a commodity such as oil and gas and, and, and other energy uh, energy. So look, we need to raise our voices. And sometimes I feel like, you know, the world doesn't understand or doesn't care for what's going on here. And uh, today more than ever, we need your support.
0: Yeah, I, we didn't mention this earlier, but um, just to mention it quickly, Venezuela is one of the most energy rich countries in the world. Um, roughly $260 billion in natural gas assets, $100 billion in recoveries, $20 billion in downstream assets. So. Three hundred and eighty. This is a net present value dollar figure, um, and yeah, clearly Bitcoin hey, will play a big role there.
1: We have reserves that turn out to be over five hundred and seventy-four thousand terawatts hour. That's three point four times the whole consumption of energy worldwide in a year. So imagine wow. the potential Venezuela has uh, in the future. But of course, in order to do that, you have to get rid of socialism, criminal mafia, and cartels and and get it done.
0: Well said. Um, Maria, I can't thank you enough for coming on and just testifying to what's going on here. I mean, we do need people to raise their voices about the truth of what's happening, about violations of freedom, about predations of private property. I mean, all of these things that make us civilized, that separate humans from animal, we're forgetting them or we're, we're, I I don't know, it's devolving quickly and and it is happening everywhere to your point. So uh, again, thank you so much for standing up and fighting for freedom. Could you please just in case my audience doesn't know where they can find you, could you just let them know where they could go to find out more about you?
1: Oh sure, sure. We have um our our webpage, of vente, which is ventevenezuela.org. V E vente, N T E venezuela mm-hmm. V E N E Z U E L A. <laughs> ventevenezuela.org mm-hmm. and 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 you will see all the incredible things we're doing, you know, teaching people and promoting ideas of, of free markets and individual rights and, and ideas at work. So, you know, I, I once again, am super grateful, Robert. I, I really admire your your job, your career. I've been following you and I have, a, a, I, I am very optimistic in terms of what's going on. Uh, around the world with projects such as the one you guys promote. I mean, this is an end of an era and I think uh, big changes will take place and and unjust systems will collapse. We will prevail.
0: Beautiful, and I'm honored to follow my work. And yeah, I, I think Bitcoin is just indispensable to this movement for justice. So again, thank you so much. Thank you for your voice and thank you for your work, Maria.
1: Thank you. Take good care. See you soon.